Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Gold, the hardest-hitting, up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the Internet. I am Ben, joined here once again with my co-host, Big Rob. How you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing good, doing good. Ready to put the women and children to bed and go looking for some dinner. Yes, sir, I know that's right. Today we're going to talk about these 2021 Florida Gators. They're coming off of an 8-4 2020 record. We're going to talk about if uh, they can gather this thing up and make a real run for it this year, or it's going to be a fall-off. But uh, before we get into any of that, we're going to address something real quick that is important than anything, and that is that our thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends of Coach Bobby Bowden. Yes, sir. The, we, the football, <clears throat> college football has lost a legend, but more importantly, the world has lost a legend of a man. Yes, sir. Just a great human being altogether. And, uh, it's, gonna be, it's a hell of a loss, man. It's a heavy blow, but it really is. I'll tell you what. If they got football in heaven, they just got themselves one hell of a coach. That's absolutely right. Yes, sir. But uh, without being much said, we just want to say y'all are in our thoughts. You're in our prayers. And uh, let's get this thing going, man. Now, we got to be together to win this dadgum game. Now, let's go over some things. Listen to me. Defense. If they don't score, we win. And we do want to win, right? If they, okay, now, all right, hold it. If they don't score, we got it. Now, listen, they're tired. You are too, but they're twice as tired. We need to take the kickoff and drive it for a touchdown. I think we got them, if you'll keep hitting. Now, offense, let's get that kick out of there. They'll be right need kicking with the win. Right, if I had a, a tailbacks, if you'd be fierce, we'd go run up and down the field. If you were a fierce thing, you could run up down the field. We're opening holes up here. Get it there and go to the goal line with a dead gum ball. I don't need him to fancy Danny. Oh, what do you what do you tailbacks ought to tear it up? If you'll protect our passer offensive line, hell everybody's getting wide open. That Cadillac was wide open and you let them get to our passer. Protect them. Make the running offense, we need to make the running game go. Backs don't fumble. A fumble will kill us. No fumbles. A great kicking game. A great kicking game. That's the key. Now, men, listen to me. Y'all have worked hard, and you are you are better than Nebraska. You are better than Nebraska. Now, listen to what I say. Are we going to let them beat us? Let's get out there and get on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love that intro right there. Absolutely. Coach Bobby Bowden at his best in halftime, firing them Seminoles up, getting ready to go on the field and kick some ass, man. And I tell you, Bobby Bowden was a great motivational speaker. Man could get you to run through a brick wall just by saying two or three words. Let's get them, fellas. Dad gummit. Dad gummit. Yes, sir, man. That's a hell of a loss to the community. Um, We just had to address that before we did anything. But uh, Coach Bowden, you're going to be missed, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Especially, uh, I don't know if any of y'all know it or even watch the movie, but uh, there's a movie out there called We Are Marshall. And if you uh, remember back, Bobby Bowden was actually the coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers whenever that plane crash happened for Marshall University. And uh, not many people actually know it. Hell, I didn't even know it until yesterday doing some research on it. But the last game of the season – Bobby Bowden had addressed the NCAA and asked them if they could dress up in the Marshall uniforms to play Marshall's last game for them. I tell you what, man, that's a class act right there. That's that's awesome. That's downright awesome, man. Uh, hell of a coach. Yes, hell sir. Hell of a loss. Hell of a loss. But I tell you <laughs> what, I'd be happy if I can live that long. Oh, absolutely, and have the the career that Bobby Bowden has had, not only coaching. Just the impact he's had, yeah. man. All the people over the years. I mean, gracious day. Legend. Legend. Legend, man. But you know what they say. Legends never die. Yes, sir. You got a point there. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, hats off to you, coach. Hats off. Yes, sir. But uh, I reckon we're going to get after this thing, and we're going to talk about a team who dreaded seeing you for many, many years. <laughs> you put a lot of beatings on them, and that is the Florida Gators. Oh, chomp, chomp. <clears throat> yes, sir. Chomp, chomp in the swamp, swamp. <laughs> they come off 8-4 and four record in 2020. Lost four games. Lost to LSU, Bama, A&M, and 
got the teeth kicked in by Oklahoma. The Sooners, man, I tell you what, these Florida Gators—they were the SEC champions last year, but I don't know, man. I mean, was it the SEC East last year or was it the SEC least? Man, I, I really couldn't tell you. That game that they played against Georgia, Georgia wasn't out there to play the game. It don't look like they uh, they beat Georgia forty-four to twenty-eight, and that's really what won them the East. I'm telling you, man. I mean, they were eight and four, and I mean, you look at these games. LSU, they lost 34-37. Lost to Bama, forty-six fifty-two. That was national champions. Yep. Lost A&M, thirty-eight forty-one. But then they lost to Oklahoma, twenty to fifty-five. Which I mean, don't get me wrong. Now in the bowl game, Florida did have a lot of guys didn't suit up. But you also look at some games last year where they played some nobodies, Bo, and they didn't. They didn't handle themselves too well in that also. So, I mean, they could have very well had an undefeated regular season. Mm-hmm. But it also could have been a lot worse. It could have been a mm-hmm. lot, lot worse. And, I mean, hell, if you look at it, they had quite possibly the best passing offense in the SEC last season. Hell, in all of college football down there. Yes, sir. And they averaged 40 points per game. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, hell, look at your damn quarterback and your tight end combo, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. I mean, the <laughs> Kyle and Kyle show down there in Florida, that was a hell of a combination, man. That really was. I mean, hell, how many times did you see a touchdown pass from Kyle to Kyle? Hell, I can tell you right now in the Carolina game, I saw way too many. <laughs> too, uh, too much for comfort. Yes, sir. I mean, that was just one of the biggest – I guess, combinations in all of college football last year, if you want to think about it. And I mean, yeah. it reflects Kyle Pitts. I mean, that was one of the most sought-after offensive players. Hell, he had more hype than the quarterbacks did. He really did. I mean, even Jerry Jones was a big fan of old Kyle Pitts. He's a fan of any damn buddy. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> old Dallas. <laughs> but, hell, I mean – Look who his quarterback is at Dallas. That's an old, unfaithful Dan Mullen product right there, Mr. Dak Prescott. But, uh, old, unfaithful Dan. <laughs> I think we're going to get a lot more of that uh, system he used to play with Dak this year. I think so, from what uh, I've seen of some highlight reels from last season and uh, just what a little bit I've saw of practice so far. It looks like they're going to be doing a lot of uh, quarterback draws, uh, a lot of designed quarterback runs. And maybe even some options. Yes, sir. And power runs at that. Yes, sir. Yeah, Emory Jones, man, that's going to be a starting quarterback this upcoming year. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a player. Looks pretty good. But um, I don't know, man. This, they just don't, for whatever reason, I'm, just, I'm not exactly buying 100% into it. It's hard to buy into a team when you've got Dan Mullen before – the preseason even kicked off, really. Yeah, I mean. Trying to to, to negotiate his way into an NFL contract to get out of Florida. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, I just, I don't know how you can preach culture and commitment and everything else when, hell, you literally spent your whole offseason trying to sell yourself to the NFL saying, I am very open to a job offer. Hey, don't forget me. Yep. I would love to come be in the NFL. Old unfaithful Dan. Then the season turns around and says, oh, I don't want y'all talking about I'm a Florida Gator, man. I'm here to stay. Don't lie, Dan. We all saw it. You're here to stay until that right NFL job offer opens up. Come on, Dan. <laughs> unfaithful. It's like getting I – don't, I don't know. He's getting caught with his hand in a cookie jar. Well, let's talk about unfaithful for a minute. You want to? Ah, oh boy. Is, <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this, man. This is kind of a crazy subject, but I'm going to go ahead. We'll go ahead and break down. Let me ask you something real quick. What in the hell is going on down there? Oh, I have no idea whatsoever. And just to let you all know where we're going with this, we were trying to look up some uh, Florida Gators film from last season and maybe some practice stuff as well on the old YouTube and lo and behold, what was the first thing that popped up when you put in Florida Gators into that search bar? Head coach wife kissing all the players. Oh. And not only kissing. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if you give them a little peck on the cheek and send them on the way, but when you're grabbing them by the face and 
pulling them to you or making them have making eye them, contact. Making them have eye contact. And you got some nose rubbing going on there and forehead to forehead. And, ooh, looking awful close. And that's a Florida game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. So if Tennessee had the uh, McDonald's incident, what would you call this? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost you almost made me slip up there, man. Um, <laughs> we'll not even get into co- well calling that what it is at this moment. But I'm telling you <laughs> what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I'm old oh, faithful Dan. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the hell they got going on down in Gainesville, but old faithful Mrs. Dan. Ain't nothing faithful about that. <laughs> I but mean, I'm, I'm I telling guess, you. I guess you're trying to fire the team up. I, oh, What is the most cringiest thing about it, though, for me, is some of these players just get a peck on the cheek. And these other players, it looks like she's full on trying to make out with them. I mean, I'm not going to make no accusations now. I ain't I'm not making no accusations either, gonna. but if you watch the film... I bet you have watched the film, weirdo. <laughs> Daggum, I watched the film with you in the truck, Bo. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, 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 it's pretty cringy. I don't know what the hell's going on down there in Jacksonville, but. Or Gainesville, but. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. No, no thank I- you. I, I just I really really don't know what to even really say about that going off of just what you see is what you get I guess but I don't know I really don't know I don't know either man um I don't it's, it's a strange situation we're gonna move on from that I don't even want <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable just sitting here talking about it that's yes sir. That's a bit damn much. It really is. It really is. Dan, you need to quit looking at for NFL job offers and pay a little more attention, buddy, because uh, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but my question is, what the hell happens after the game when you win? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, not only after you win, but what happens after big wins? Let's just see we're, if you we're beat not, a, no, we're, no, 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 we're not going <laughs> to go there. We're not going to go there. All I'm saying is the Happy Meals is one Tennessee, thing. The Happy Meals in Tennessee just don't seem so bad anymore. No. They're loving it. <laughs> but um, anyways, you got Dan Mullen, your head coach there, old unfaithful Dan was about to pick on him. Coming back, he's going to be doing a lot of offensive play calling this year, as he has in the past, especially with a dual-threat quarterback rolling in there. I mean, that's his bread and butter. I mean, that's old school Tim Tebow offense. That's Dak Prescott offense. That is his cake. That's mm-hmm. what he loves to have. Last year he had a pro style quarterback, which I mean, hell, he made the best of it without a doubt. But I don't know, man. I mean, my whole thing. Yeah, nowadays the college football, you got to have that dual threat quarterback. No doubt, man. No doubt. But. The days of having a dual-threat quarterback who can just run the ball, I feel like them days are in the past, man. I mean, I feel like if you're going to run the ball, you also got to have a man that's going to be able to push that ball downfield, which, I mean, Emory Jones has a pretty good-looking arm. Ain't bad, but he's got a decent arm, but it's very the accuracy varies a lot, and his delivery downfield, man, I notice down when he tries to push it downfield, he gets a little too much air under that ball. It takes a little too long to get there. It makes it real easy. For those defensive backs to really adjust, come up, and really close in on the play. Well, not only that, but he throws short an awful lot, too. Yeah, I mean, he's a dink and dunker for sure. But, I mean, that's why I, that's why I was getting that, man. I mean, you got to be able to push the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. He has the strength, but he's getting a little too much air on it. So, it makes me wonder if he's lacking a little bit of strength as far as the deep ball. Not, able to, not really able to sling it down there as some quarterbacks have in the past. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um. I don't know. If you can't get over the top, yeah, you can throw underneath and you can dink and dunk. I mean, hell, Drew Brees made a career out of it. But I don't know, man. Well, the thing about Emory Jones, too, is, yes, this kid can run the football. 
He can get your yardage. He can get your first downs with his legs. He can dink and dunk, you know, throw for, you know, 10, 15 yards at a time. But anything over, it seems like 30, 35 yards or so, he's he's throwing way short of what he's trying to get to. And he's, he's almost got the Brett Favre syndrome, and he's a gunslinger as well. He's throwing through tight windows, just trying to bet on it getting there. Mm, you can't really compare Brett Favre because Brett Favre, yeah, he he had the gunslinger mentality, but Brett Favre had the arm to back it up. Valid point. Valid point. Brett Favre could he 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 could sling it in a tight window. Now when he got a little older. Hell, even when he was older, he could sling the hell out of a football. But don't get me wrong. I mean, Emory Jones, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of upside to him. If you're a Florida fan, I think you definitely got something to be excited about because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a lot more exciting to watch than a Kyle Trask was. No offense to him, but. Pro-style quarterbacks, let's be honest, I mean, they ain't the funnest to watch. Right. But the good thing is he is going to be able to escape pressure with Trask. He had a little bit of mobility to him, but couldn't get away from a whole hell of a lot. This man here can run, and the big thing is it is going to help him create time in the pocket. Plus, with him being a dual-threat quarterback, it's going to make a run game a lot more dangerous because you already got a two-headed monster in that backfield coming back with Mr. Malik Jones and Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce is already predicted to be possibly the best SEC back this year. So when you add in a dual-threat quarterback into that mix, I mean, now you can start running RPOs. Mm-hmm. You can start doing power plays off the quarterback run. Mm-hmm. You can do read option. I mean, it opens it up a lot. Well, you speak of the two-headed monster, but from what I'm looking at, it looks like it could potentially even be a three-headed monster. And a transfer coming in from Clemson, running back Demarcus Bowman. Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. I mean, it could be a three-headed monster. I know Damian Pierce, he uh, carried the workload last year for the most part. And mm-hmm. That's one everybody's really got their eyes on this year. But Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he had uh, at least 500 yards rushing by himself last season. Yeah, man. Uh, he, he was pretty damn solid. He was very underrated. Yeah, he didn't have quite the yards a lot of these other backs did, but he didn't get near the carries either. Last year, I mean, it is what it is. Florida was a passing football team last year. They were throwing the football damn 35, 40 times a game on the regular. Yeah. Yeah, they they led the NCAA in passing yards last season. Uh, you know, the like I said earlier, they had the uh, average points was over 40 per game. So, I mean, they were putting up points left and right, lighting up the scoreboard. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. But uh, the good thing about uh, Emory Jones' rushing attack, though, is with Kyle Trask last year, you had to air it out. You had to air it out nonstop because your defense had issues. You couldn't run the ball. They got a lot of guys returning on defense this year, so it's going to be pretty good. But also with Emory Jones in there, you're going to be looking at a lot more of a balanced attack where last year was very pass-heavy. Once they shut it down, it was over. <clears throat> this year – you got a man that can sling the ball, he can run, he can pick up yards on third down. If it's third down and nine, third down and ten yards to go, hey, he can escape the pocket. He can scramble up there and pick you up 10, 15 yards real quick and get you that first down to keep drives alive. Yeah. And you have to be worried about blitzing blitzing him too because if you leave those lanes open, he's gone. Gone to the races. That's exactly right, man. You get past that blitz, you get to that second level, and, well, you're gone. Mm-hmm. He can burn you, burn you good, burn you quick. He did it numerous times last year. Yes, sir. It kind of reminds me a lot of, you remember when Urban Meyer was there. Before Tim Tebow, they had a quarterback, Chris Leak. Mm-hmm. He was a pro-style man. Wasn't really a dual-threat quarterback, nothing like that. And the year before, they won a national championship that year. But Tebow was more of a gadget guy. He came in, did a lot of jump passes, did a lot of power plays as running back. I see a very similar transition happening here. Now, is he going to be as dominant as a Tim Tebow was back in the day? I don't know. That remains to be seen, but it feels like he's got a little more speed than what Tebow had, too. I think he's going to have more speed and looseness, but, I mean, is he going to be able to deliver a pop to the defense like Tebow did? <laughs> and is he going to be as tough as Tebow? That's true. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Tebow, that was a scary dude in college. Tebow's a scary man right now, even as being how old he is. I wouldn't want to see him. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, you see the guns on Tebow lately? He, he's pretty jacked. I mean, hell, the man's playing tight end. You can't play tight end looking like a little small quarterback, fella. Yep. That's a whole different mindset when you get down that three-point stance in the trenches. You got to 
shake out the, the old thoughts of being the quarterback who's trying to avoid hits, and you got to make up your mind, okay, we're getting physical and hitting somebody every play. Yes, sir. <clears throat> but enough about Tebow. He's in the NFL. <laughs> He's off doing whatever. We're going to talk about these Gators. But uh, look here at your wide receiver position. You got a lot of hope coming back also. I mean, you got some good guys coming back. You got Jacob Copeland, Mr. Keon Zipper, Xavier Henderson. I mean, that's three wide receivers right there. All three of them guys, big-time playmakers, did yep. some good things for you. Yep, big-time receivers coming back and definitely have the uh, the experience and they know how to get open. That's right, man. I mean, hell. And you get receivers like that, I mean, the good thing is you got three playmaking receivers. You can cover the board. You can send one deep. You can bring one over the middle, and you can always have one hang home for that screen. That way, if you check down, your quarterback wants to do a little dink and dunk, you always got a man available. Right. Not including your running backs coming out the backfield, not including your tight ends, who you, you also have coming back, Mr. Justin Shorter. Yeah, now that's the biggest question mark there because you're losing Kyle Pitts, probably the best tight end in college football. What's Justin Shorter going to do for you this season? He's, I don't think he's going to be as big of a playmaker as what Kyle Pitts was. I don't know, man. He makes plays. He's a playmaker. Everybody talks about Kyle Pitts, but that whole tight end room last year had a big year. That's true. Kyle Pitts looked good, but I mean, hell, you think about it. Look at the NFL. When there was Shannon Sharp, everybody said, oh, there'll never be another Shannon Sharp. There'll never be another Shannon Sharp. He's the best we ever seen. Then all of a sudden you had the man come in with the Chiefs. What the hell is his name? Um, Tony Gonzalez? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez came in. When he came in, everybody, oh, man, Tony Gonzalez, he's the best ever. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Tony Gonzalez gets out. All of a sudden, here comes Rob Gronkowski. Everybody starts losing their mind about Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I mean, you're never – I'm sorry, but in the game of football, unless you're Tom Brady, you can't always be the best. There's always going to be someone that's going to come along. It might be a little bit better. You're just the best at that moment. Yeah. One man leaves, there's always going to be another one coming in. I mean, hell, before Kyle Pitts got there, they was probably wondering who the hell was going to play tight end. Got to think about it, same as football. Yep. One man goes, another man comes in. Opportunities are made. But, uh. This offense side of the ball, I think you really got something to look forward to with Florida. They're going to hang up a lot of points this year. My big concern, though, with this Florida team is that defense, that same one, those SEC media days, talking about that huge chip they got on their shoulder, smiling like hell at the camera, telling everybody how mad they are, smiling ear to ear. Yeah, you look like you got a chip on your shoulder, like you got a bag of Doritos sitting up there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, man, I don't care who you are, but if you've got a chip on your shoulder, oh, you ain't going to be playing to the camera. No, hell no. I keep hearing way too much. Hell, we're, this is fall practice just the other day. Talking to Dan Mullen after fall practice. He was mentioning winning the SEC East last year. That was last year, dude. Yeah. That's gone. That's history. Cool. You did it last year. Now put it in the trophy case. Leave it there. Yep. You can look at it in December when football season's over. Don't worry about that right now. Because nobody else gives a damn. Nope. You got a big hungry bulldog in your backyard. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you right now. They got some rivalry games they got to play. I mean, in the state of Florida, every year you got to play Miami Hurricanes. Unless it's a COVID year like last year, which sucks. Mm -hmm. But Miami Hurricanes, you think they wouldn't want to punch Florida in the mouth? Florida State. They could do it. Florida State. Florida State. I was already saying, man, they could do something this year. Do you think them boys is going to be coming to play some football this year? They're going to be coming in to punch somebody in the mouth, especially. Yeah. Yes, sir. They're going to be looking to honor Coach Bowden. Yes, sir. I guarantee that team is going to be. Yeah. That season opener. Some, somebody. We were talking last week that they need a little motivation. I think they've got it now. I hate that it's to motivate this motivation, but. Yeah, the man, they, I guarantee you that's going to be a fire football team. But then, 
All right, in the SEC, you got Georgia Bulldogs right up the road. I guarantee you they want some of that. They want to get their hands on Florida something fierce. Oh, yeah. they sick of hearing about it. South Carolina, I mean, hell, they gave them all they wanted last year. They just want to prove themselves against anybody. Yep. A team like Kentucky. What? Bowen, Kentucky. I'm going to tell you what, they've given Florida pure hell the last couple of years now. Yeah, last uh, last year it wasn't such a good game, but year before that. Hell, the year before that they won. Yeah. They beat them two years ago. Hell, last year, I mean, last year was just weird here in Kentucky. I believe if they had no quarterback, they probably would have been better than they were with the quarterback <laughs> they had. What quarterback? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, this defense, you got some guys coming back. There's some playmakers. I mean, hell, you got Zach Carter. You got LeCedric Brunson. You got Amari Bernie. K.R. Ellum. Yeah, K.R. Ellum. I don't know how the hell you would pronounce <laughs> that. Jaden Hill and Trading the third. I mean, all them guys right there, playmakers. And, I mean, those are returning big-time playmakers. You got a man at the line, that's Zach Carter. Mm-hmm. Two different linebackers coming back, big-time playmakers. Then you got three guys in the secondary. Big time playmakers coming back. Now you're losing your coach, Tory and Gray. Still ain't figured that one out, but um Yeah. If you wanted to make some noise to fire up those defensive backs, letting go of possibly the best backs coach in the NFL or in the NCAA, probably not a smart move. You probably need to need to do something with that defensive coordinator, but and, and that's what a lot of Florida fans are saying right now, too. Yeah, I didn't really understand that decision at the time because uh, you fired your defensive back coach, but from what i seen, you was getting run over in the rushing game. Yeah. Wasn't so much passing attack. So uh, I, don't, I don't I don't really get where that comes from. I mean, Oklahoma, now Oklahoma lit your ass up pretty good, but, hell, you didn't have nobody playing that game. No. They also got a defensive tackle coming in and transfer portal, Mr. Daquan Newkirk from Auburn. Yes, sir. Now, that perked my ears up when I saw that coming uh, through the wire. I, I think that man's going to be able to help that defensive line up and, you know, kind of help stop some of the run game up front and maybe even help get to the quarterback. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> they got the pieces. They definitely got the pieces there to make a run for something. Offense, I don't know. Quarterback position, I think you're a little inexperienced, a little green. But, hell, he he played last year. Played in some big games last year. Made some big plays. So, he ain't no stranger by no means. No, he's there's no stranger. And you've got two warm-up games before you actually get to the Alabama game, too. Alabama, though, I mean, you don't think Florida couldn't sneak one in on Bama? I mean, they could. They really could with what, uh, with the hunger level that uh, that they have right now. I mean, they they could definitely sneak one in depending on how they play on defense. Well, everybody keeps talking about Bryce Young. Emory's got a lot more playing time than Bryce Young does. A lot more. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see a huge difference in the skills of the two guys. Now Bryce Young does have a hell of arm. I'll give him that. He got more arm than Emory. But Emory looked way better with pocket presence and getting out and creating time. He sure did. And, I mean, the Florida defense, they've shown glimpses of where they can really play football. They have. But then they get run over by the South Carolinas. I'm not going to say run over, but they get pushed around. They get points put up. And, I mean, they let teams like South Carolina have a good game with a competitive game. Yeah, if it wasn't for clock management, South Carolina may very well could have won that game last year. Yeah. Without a doubt, man, I mean, you went toe-to-toe with the national championship. Gave them all they wanted and then some. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban, like, he about to have a stroke on the sideline in that <laughs> game. He was so damn nervous. But then you play an Oklahoma Sooner team in a bowl game, not even playoffs, just regular bowl game. And you get blown out. And yeah, I get it. COVID, okay. You you know, had a lot of guys not there with COVID. Kyle Trask was there. 
your running back was there. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of guys there. Yeah, you had some that what you were missing some players, but when you are a Division One school in college football and a powerhouse program like the Florida Gators, if you're losing games because you're missing some players, okay, sounds like uh you messing up on the recruiting trail, bud. It really does. Because your backups, you're not recruiting backups just to sit the bench forever and never play. You, The reason you have these guys on your team, the reason you give them that scholarship is so they can come in here and if, so, if something happens, every single one of these kids can get on that field and play football at a high level. Absolutely, and that's what sets teams apart, like Bama, LSU, A&M. Those sort of teams, is they do not have a rebuilding year. They reload. Man down, man up. Bo, I mean, don't get me wrong, Alabama's a whole nother level. I understand that. But think about this now. Alabama at the quarterback position, they had Tua. Tua, Togo, however the hell you say it. We'll call him Tua T. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they had Tua. They had Jalen Hurts. And they had Mac Jones. All in the same quarterback room at the same time. That was mm-hmm. first, second, third string. Mm-hmm. All three of them in the NFL right now playing. Yeah. I mean, damn. But let's be realistic about it. Is Alabama really that much higher than what a Florida team is? Well, hell, I mean, before Alabama rose to its glory or promise, whatever, I remember Florida was the dominant SEC team. Yeah, I mean. Think about the years of Chris Leak, Tim Tebow. Oh, they was they were smashing everybody. Yeah. Back when Spurrier was the head coach at Florida. Back when, um. Back when, uh, oh, Ohio State head, uh, head coach. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. Urban? Urban Meyer. Thank you. Oh. When Urban was the head coach there, they won championships. I'm saying Florida's a championship program, without a doubt. I mean, hell, Dan Mullen, he's had some good records. But my problem is, Dan, Dan Mullen, he's talking a good talk. Where's he been? Mississippi State. I mean, yeah, he he did good Mississippi State. Now, they won some football games. Mm-hmm. But did they win a natty? No. Did they win an SEC championship? I don't even think they were close. No. I mean, hell. You coming into Florida, and I mean, don't get me wrong, you're winning games, but if you really look at what they're doing, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of difference in Florida compared to what he did with – Mississippi State. Florida's supposed to be a hell of a lot more powerful program. No disrespect, Mississippi State. Now, the Bulldogs, y'all, get, y'all do your thing, but there's a big difference in the Florida Gators and yeah. Mississippi State. Yeah, Florida Gators are an upper echelon team, just like what a, a Bama is, you know, just what, you know, a, a Georgia is. They're upper echelon. They've got a lot of, you know, class, a, a lot of ability, and a lot of you know, that, that you can recruit on just with their history alone. So why can't they be a tier of Bama? That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, they should be. But you're losing games to Kentucky. You're losing games to South Carolina. I mean, hell, South, they beat them last year, South Carolina last year, but two years ago, Carolina was leading Going into the fourth quarter. It was a very questionable game. We ain't going to discuss all the craziness in that game. The year before that, Carolina was up 21 points and choked. Woo! Chicken curse. You want to know what that was? The fourth quarter rolled around. South Carolina said, we're going to win. Coach Muschamp said, here comes the boom. boom, 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 boom. And then they choked. <laughs> in South Carolina fashion for the last <laughs> however many five years. But I mean they dropped games Carolina. Tennessee's given them fit numerous times. Hell, Miami two years ago. Mm-hmm. Miami gave him a fit. Manny Diaz first game as a head coach. Gave him pure hell. I mean if you're gonna be elite, you're gonna say we're a championship, we're a playoff team. If you're going to say we got a chip on our shoulder because 
we were that real SEC champions, we ain't getting the respect we deserve. Cool. Prove it. Don't lose to LSU in a rebuilding year. You know what I'm saying? Is that fair enough? Fair enough to me. 34 to 7 was that loss. I mean, I don't. Don't get blown out by Oklahoma that was rebuilding last year. Can you imagine what old Dan Mullen's thinking now that Oklahoma's about to come into the SEC? Probably. Not too happy about it, to be honest <laughs> with you, man. Oh, I'm telling you, you know, there's just not much that you can say about these Florida Gators that, yes, they should have the talent. The recruiting should be there, but, you know, it's 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 almost like a North Carolina thing where it's it's time to put up or shut up. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I feel like this past year was Florida's peak with Dan Mullen. He, he might get to – might have a season a little bit better, but I believe last year was about as good as they were going to get. Yeah, they lost four games. I'm not saying win-loss record-wise, but the way they played competitive in those losses, I think it was about as good of a year as you're going to see with them under Dan Mullen. I think in Florida, I think the recruiting is about to swing. I think Florida State's about to get back get back to where they used to be. I mean, they were down for a couple of years with Willie, and last year was a bit of a disaster. But, hell, look at, look at the recruits Florida State got this year. Hell, they damn backup quarterback on that team. All-American. Well, not to mention in the blunder of the Florida Gators, Gators offseason when they let go of Torian Gray. Torian Gray's down there in Florida recruiting right now, getting four stars away from Florida. That's exactly right, man. I mean, look at Miami down there. Manny Diaz. You think he ain't snatching up great defensive backs left and right? Miami's known for the turnover chain. Oh, yeah. Miami's got some big-time ball players down there, bro. I mean, Florida. I don't, I don't know. I feel like you're gonna be decent with Dan, but I just don't think he has the commitment to get you where you want to be. I don't think he's gonna get you back to those Urban Meyer years. No, he's been there long enough now that uh, you ought to be seeing something a little different. I mean, hell, this year in the SECs, do you think they're gonna win the SECs? No, I don't. I think they may be in the running for it if Georgia chokes, especially, you know, if they choke early against Clemson. But I don't think they're going to be there. I really don't. I think I think they'll be lucky to be second or third this season. I think Georgia's going to slap, take it to them, unless they just lay the biggest, ugliest damn egg I've ever seen. I think Georgia's <laughs> going to take it to them. I think so. I think. I mean, hell. If Kentucky gets consistent play at the quarterback position, I wouldn't count them out. Tennessee, though, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on Tennessee. They're rebuilding. Tennessee could be bad, but, boy, they, they, they could be pretty good. This season, Tennessee is the biggest question mark for me on what they've got coming in, all the transfers that they've got coming in, and all the transfers they had that left. Let's start from scratch, but that coach they got, man, I mean, hell, you've seen the things he did with Central Florida. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought Central Florida was a joke until they went to the bowl game and played them big teams, and they still. Well, we were just talking about recruiting out of Florida. Man from Central Florida. Oh, that's absolutely. That's what I'm saying, man. You got guys that are very familiar with the area, and I mean, you think he ain't familiar with Gainesville? Down there by Jacksonville, Florida, where the Florida Gators are. Mm-hmm. All right. He was coaching in Central Florida, right there in Orlando. Hour down the road, hour yep. and a half. He knows that area. Oh, yeah. And now he's at a team, an SEC team, that he's got that going for him now. Tennessee's, you know, they're a legend in their own rights, even though they've been down for, you know, a few years now, but... I mean, they still have the reputation. Hey, they are still hanging on to 1998 like no tomorrow. <laughs> all right. They ain't letting go of that. <laughs> but you then you got to look at South Carolina and what they're doing in their rebuild season this year. 
Well, my whole thing, man, is kids want to go. They're going to want stability. Dan Mullen's already talked openly numerous times about thinking he would love to accept the job in the NFL. He would love to try his hand at NFL coaching. You ain't heard Manny Diaz down in Miami say nothing like that. You ain't heard Florida State's coach say nothing like that. Hell, Shane Beamer's talking about he wants to be at South Carolina until he retires. That's his dream job. Torian Gray's already been in the NFL. Yeah, I'm saying these kids want coaches who stay. They don't. If you get a coach that's talking about leaving, I mean, hell, you don't know what's he going to do. I mean, it's hard to preach culture when you got one foot in the door and one foot out. You you either got to be all in or all out. Mm, there's no you in between. Can, you can't bounce back and forth, man. You kids can't can do sense that. it. The kids can sense it. Yeah, that's exactly right. But let's be honest here. I mean, you're taking a Florida Gators team who should be upper echelon, and you've got an eight and four season. I mean, I don't know of any NFL teams that would really even look at that right now until you bring that program around. They would look at the players you turn out. They're going to look at the way you develop talent. I mean, he de- he's a hell of a talent developer. My thing is, can you win games? You either well. got dubs. Or else. That's what football boils down to. You either win or you lose. Everybody remembers the winner. Yep. Nobody nobody really remembers the losers. I'm just saying. No, you make a valid point. That that's a hundred percent true. Alright, Florida coaches. Urban Meyer. Everybody you say Florida Gators instantly, everybody says, Oh, Urban Meyer. Steve everybody Spurrier. says Steve Spurrier. Who was there before Spurrier? Nobody remembers. I don't know. Nobody that important. No offense. Mm-hmm. Hell, Florida State, I mean, Coach Bowden, rest of soul. You say Florida State, you thinking Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden all day, every day. After Bobby Bowden, I mean, you got Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo. After that. What you got? Nobody. You got a man that's coaching down there at FAU, Willie Taggart. You went from head coaching the Seminoles to the Owls. (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah. They want all in. They want commitment. Hell. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I mean, what else more can you say? I mean, you know, Dan Mullen is, don't get me wrong, he's a good head coach. He can build talent around him. But when it comes to big game, uh, he's not big game Dan. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, they'll play you. They'll play a hell of a game against you. I mean, Alabama, he gave them everything they wanted now. He had Alabama on the ropes. Yeah, but a but bowl game against Oklahoma, 55-20. to 20. Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bama is a big game for a regular season game, but when it comes to bowl games? Well, two years ago, it was off to a hell of a hot start with uh, Felipe Franks, I think was his name at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Off to a hell of a hot start. They rolled on on into Lexington, Kentucky. Got an ass cut. Yep. You can't be number one one week and get your ass cut by the Citadel next week. I mean, Carolina does it, but hey. (laughs) We're built for this. (laughs) That's to be expected, or at least it was. No more. No more. No more. But I, I just – I really don't know. Looking at this team, I see potential. But I also see the biggest question marks. Emory Jones, what you going to get from him? 
I know what we're going to get a running game from him. What about his arm? I agree. I don't think this is going to be a Florida team that's going to pass the ball 35, 40 yards game anymore. I think you'll see a lot more of screen passes, wide receiver screens, a lot of passes out the backfield. A little bit over the middle. You might see an occasional deep ball, but I think more than anything, you're going to see a team that's running the ball 35, 40 times a game. Hell, maybe more than that. It's going to be a heavy rushing attack by far. It's going to be a run the ball down your throat and hope like hell your defense can hang on. But that don't work too good in today's game. No. I think it's going to be a little bit of a fall off. I think it's going to be quite a bit of fall off for Florida. I really do. I'm not saying that they're not not going to be in contention for an SEC championship because I think they are. Well, I don't. SEC East anyway. But... I just don't see him getting past the Georgia Bulldogs this year. That 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 dog is too hungry. I don't see him getting past Georgia. And I'd say they're going to lose. Between South Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky, they're going to drop one of those. Very likely could. I, I feel very comfortable saying I mean, that. I mean, South Carolina has kept that game close for the last two, three seasons now. Oh, yeah. Well, but what, what, what's one thing Kentucky is known for? Defense. Yes, sir. Shutting down a rushing attack. Hell, South Carolina had one of the best rushing attacks in the country last year. Mm-hmm. They went into Kentucky and didn't work out too good. Yeah. Before everything fell apart at South Carolina last season, South Carolina had – what was it, the n- number three ranked third down defense in the nation? Mm-hmm. The South Carolina team that fell apart fired their head coach middle of the season, towards the end. It wasn't middle of the season, it was a Florida game. Florida, when, they, when they played Florida, they had the number three in the nation. Now, after that Florida game, it was it was pretty downhill. But and I don't know. This team can be great. Or this team can be mediocre at best. It's all going to depend on the leadership. It's going to depend on your defense. Yeah. That's, what, that's what's going to make or break this team this year. The offense is going to be able to put up points to keep them, to keep them somewhat in a game. But they're not going to be able to paying 40 like they were last year. I mean, last year, when you're putting up 40 points a game and you're getting beat, that don't look too good. Now, if this defense can bunker down, buckle down, and stop some folks, then, hey, Florida can make a run at this thing. But I don't – I personally don't see it happening. I ain't trying to knock them, but I just – I'm calling a spade a spade. Florida, I think, is going to be better with stopping the run this season. Still a little bit worried about that secondary. Will they be better? Maybe. But you let go of a defensive coach that was one of the best in the league and brought in somebody that has not really any history with this secondary. I don't know. Well, I mean, also, you got to think, too, man, they they missed a lot of time together back in the spring. They didn't have no spring game. They missed a lot of spring practices because of COVID. Yeah. That was a lot of time this team had to kind of be bonding together and figuring things out. Because, I mean, call it what you want. It is, it is somewhat of a rebuild. You lose Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. That's a big damn lick. Yeah. That's a hell of a lick there, man. That's a hell of a lick. Anytime you, anytime you lose a veteran quarterback that puts up numbers like that, a leader, that's that's a hard blow. Now, don't get me wrong. Emory, he could come in there and, hell, he might be the next Tebow. He might be better than Tebow. Could very well be. Well, you know, speaking of the rebuild, too, I mean, hell, not only losing Pitts and Trask, but they're also losing Kadarius Toney, wide receiver. Yeah. They're also losing Trevon Grimes, wide receiver. 
and even an offensive lineman in Stone Forsyth, one of the best in the game. So that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, I don't know. They missed out on spring. I think that's going to hurt them because then when you can roll into the fall, now you're the mad dash. You're trying to cram a lot of stuff in in a short period of time. And I watched a little bit of that Florida Gators first practice that they, they had. And I don't know about you, but I kind of also got the idea that they were a little bit gassed. Yeah, they looked a little winded, man. Um, I mean, it is down in Florida. It's hotter than hell down there. Well, yeah, but, I mean, if you're doing what you're supposed to in the volunteer or voluntary camps and whatnot, you should be a little bit used to it by now. I don't think people ever get used to heat in Florida. Well, that's a hot son of a gun. You hear people in the NFL complain. That they, everybody in the NFL <laughs> swears them down. The hardest places, the toughest two places to play in the NFL is Jacksonville and Miami. It ain't because the teams are good. We all know that. Them teams ain't very good. They say so damn hot. Yeah. They say it's a miserable place to play. But I don't know, man. I, You got several things to look forward to, to be hopeful about, I'd say. But there's a lot of question marks. And anytime you got question marks about the loyalty and the commitment of the head coach, it's like they say, man, it all starts at the top. If you got question marks at the top, it all runs downhill. Well, let's take a look at the schedule just for a moment and just stop and think. They were 8-4 and four last season. Go ahead, fire it off. I'm just going to mention three games. <clears throat> Hell, run through the whole schedule real quick. All right, let me get it pulled up. You want me to pull it up? Yeah, go ahead and pull it up. All right, I'll pull it up real quick. You going to leave the folks in silence while I do this? Or <laughs> my bad, my bad. Awkward bastard. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, – <laughs> There's going to be at least three games coming up that 90% I'm going with a loss for these teams. Just these three games alone. All right. Season opener. You got Florida Atlantic. That's Should a, be win. a win. Week after that, you got Southern Florida. I'd say that's a win. Then so you got Bama. Bama. I don't see that working out no. too good. That that's gonna be a loss right there. Yep. Following week you got Tennessee Volunteers. I mean that could go either way. Yep. It's a toss up. It all depends. I mean Tennessee that's a very at large team. Then right after that you got old Kentucky Wildcats. That's a very scary game for Florida. That's another toss up. So I mean so far you got two for sure wins and you got three in a row where you really don't know. Vanderbilt. That's a win. Should be a win. But then after Vanderbilt, I mean, it's right back to the ugly. You got to play LSU Tigers. I don't see him winning that no. one. Then you got Georgia. I don't see him winning no. that one. Then you got South Carolina. I mean, you can pull that one out. But That's I mean, another toss-up. Yeah, you can pull that one out. But, I mean, it's a toss-up. You're coming off a rough stretch right there of LSU and Georgia. That there could really hurt your feelings. Then you got a good tune-up game with Stanford. But then right after that, you got Missouri and Florida. You got Missouri and Florida State. I mean, both of those games, especially Florida State, that's a damn rivalry. You don't ever know how it's gonna go. Damn, I didn't realize they ain't playing Miami this year. How the hell are you gonna have a season without playing one of your rivals? Yeah, that's weird. Very weird. But right there, three losses, almost guaranteed. Like you said, and you ain't between gonna, and you ain't gonna win every at large game. And like you said, between Tennessee, South Carolina, and Kentucky, one of those games you're probably not gonna win. No. Ain't no way you win in all three of them. If you, if they win all three of those games, I will be massively surprised, and this Florida team will be a lot better than I'm thinking they will be. And we will apologize to all you Gator fans if that happens. Yeah. I mean, I'll own up to it. But And then you've got that tune-up against Sanford, and then you go back and play 
a Missouri team that could very well be in the running for an SEC East. Yeah, Missouri ain't no joke, man. I mean, a lot of people give Missouri a lot of crap, but I'm telling you what, that ain't a team you want to sleep on. They struggled a little bit offensively last year, but that defense ain't no joke, man. They a physical football team. And, I mean, I would not be surprised at all to see them put something together and be to se- surprise several people. And then the last game of the season is them damn Seminoles. Oh, yeah. Tomahawks. Playing for Bobby Bowden's memory. Oh, yeah. Bobby Bowden, but I mean, he used to love, he used to love his team launching off field carrying that gator head. Oh, yeah. Would not be surprised. I mean, it all depends on who Florida, Florida State has at quarterback and a few other things, but Florida State ain't no slouch. No. Florida Gators, I ain't saying they're a slouch either, but. And that, that Florida State defense is going to be a heck of a whole lot better than what they were last season. I'll guarantee that. My whole thing is a team – that had a bad record last year. It's a lot easier for a team coming off a bad year to be focused, to be energized, to be hungry, to be dedicated to go out there and want to win games. When you won eight games last year, lost four. All right. You should still be hungry. But the fact is, when you're here a year later and you're still talking about last year, oh, we were the SEC East champions. We were the SEC East champions. That don't sound hungry to me. No. That sounds like you're living in the past. Well, I mean, I feel like you, first of all, you're not hungry. You done got a full belly. But you got a full belly on something that you got a question saying, did you really, were you really the best last year? And I don't think they were last year. I think they had, the circumstances landed just right for them. Enough people had bad days on their good days, and they was in the right place at the right time. But, yeah, you, like- you were the champion at SEC East, no doubt. Hey, it's yours. You got the title. But you still dreaming about last year. Well, it's like Alabama won the national championship. Okay, earlier in the podcast, I compared Bama's win to a Thanksgiving dinner. Still full, eating leftovers. Florida, on the other hand, they got filled up on bologna sandwiches. Let's just call it what it is. Because you let an Oklahoma team from the Big 12 come in and beat you 55-20. to 20. Yes, you had some players missing from that game. But like you said earlier, it's just a plug and play. You should have just plug it in and play. That's right. I mean, you might have lost Oklahoma, but there's no reason for that game to be a blowout like it was. But at the same time, I mean... Look at Dan Mullen's, Dan Mullen's record with Florida. Last year, he realistically it was the best year he's had with them. Yeah. He was playing for an SEC championship. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I just don't get how you can be so full of yourself on an SEC East championship. When you lose to a team like Oklahoma, fifty-five to twenty. No, there's a lot. And then you just want to brag about it the entire off-season SEC media days, and just put that in the past. Let that be what it is. You won that during a COVID year. Not every team was at their strongest level, including you. I mean, if you feel like you're not getting enough respect, 
then go out there and earn it. Yeah. Show everybody that it wasn't a fluke. But don't sit there and say, well, we're not getting the respect we deserve. Everybody always thinks George is better than me. Look at the records, man. Look at Kirby Smart's record and look at your record. They are. Yes, sir. And I hate saying that because, damn, I don't like Georgia Bulldogs. Don't like Georgia? But at least Georgia has been to a national championship game. Recently. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. Recently. <clears throat> That's right. It just. I don't know, man. These Florida Gators, they can go either damn way. They can go up or go down. I mean, it's a coin toss. Let's just be, let's just call it what it is. It's a coin toss. It, it's funny, man. I, there's a lot of schools that's rebuilding out there, and you think those are the teams that you're really going to be find very questionable. And I find this team more questionable than I do some of these rebuilds. Same. I mean, South Carolina, I got an idea what, what they're going to be doing, what to look for. Arkansas, I got an idea of what to look forward to after last year in a second-year coach. Ole Miss, I mean, I'm, you got a feel for it. Mm -hmm. Damn, Ole's been there a good while now. And I don't know what the hell. I just, I can't buy into it. No. It's one of the things where I got to kind of sit aside and I'm going to have to watch. We're just going to play it by ear and see how it goes. But I just. I can't buy into it. Yeah, it, it's it's just so questionable at this point. Like I said, it, it's a, it's a coin flip on which way this thing could go. Defensively, I, I think they're going to be better. Offensively, I think it's going to be worse. I really do. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you can't replace a Kyle Pitts and a Kyle Trask and those numbers in one season. I agree. Not to mention the wide receivers that they've lost. But, so, for Florida to get to the next level, what do you think they're going to have to do? Defense. <clears throat> Defense is going to have to step it up. Because your offense ain't going to be able to put up numbers it did before. They're still going to hang some points. Without a doubt, they're still going to hang some points. They're still going to be pretty explosive. It's just going to be explosive through the running game. But this defense, I just, I, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Defense is going to have to win it for you, I believe. But my biggest thing is not having a spring game this season. I mean, they did have some spring practices, but, you know, COVID cut it short. Thanks, Uncle COVID. Yeah. But they're going to have to build trust in each other. If you ain't got trust in your brother right next to you, what you got? No, I agree with you man. I mean, Emory Jones, he did get a little bit of playing time last year, so they're a little familiar with him, but it's just it's a difference when you're a gadget guy and when you're the guy. Right. When you're the gadget man, at the end of the game, you lose. Ain't everybody looking at you wanting you to answer the questions. They look for that starting quarterback. Now, ain't nobody else looking around at you. You the man. A lot more pressure on you now. I hope he's ready. I do, too. I do, too. And it's... And I just hope Dan Mullen don't try to put it all on his back. I don't think he will. I think he's going to run the ball a ton with that backfield and his quarterback having the ability to run be a very run-heavy offense. It's going to be very similar to what you saw at Mississippi State with Dak Prescott and what you saw with Tim Tebow. Very similar. Yes, sir. So, for Florida to decline, what do you think is going to have to happen? Uh, keep doing what they're doing right now. 
keep living in the past. Keep keep thinking you're the SEC East champions going into week three. Keep saying, oh, we deserve respect for last year when you played Bama this year. Week four. Week four, week five, hell, the rest of the damn year. Yep. Don't nobody in the SEC give a damn about last year. Nope. Nobody does. If I was playing, I wouldn't give a damn. All of the teams that I've listened to have put last season behind them, marked it down as a COVID year, and are moving on. But when you play football, you don't worry about – hell, you don't worry about last week. No. The only thing you worry no. about is the game in front of you that week. Every game you play is the biggest game of the year. Every single game you play is the biggest game of the year, the most important. The most important game of the year is the next one on schedule. That's 100% correct. You don't – when you win a big game, you celebrate it that night, come Sunday morning, you're getting ready for the next one. Back to the drawing board. Yes, sir. But uh, I think we said all we can say about this one, man. How about you? I'm with you there. I don't really have much to add on. and You know, like, like we said, it, this Florida team's just really too – too unpredictable right now and really on which way it goes and we really didn't have much film to study on this one to really go over anything for you you know it's when you lose what they did last season really you, you can't go off film from last season to really watch and there was no spring game for us to watch to really get a feel but um, yeah we're, we just we're going to move on and look at the next one just like Florida needs to do and you got anything to add no, not really. Like I said, if you want to know what this Florida team is going to look like, I'd say go back and look at Tim Tebow's sophomore year with the Gators when he took over the starting role. I'd look at that offense or look at Dak Prescott's time Mississippi State. Look at that offense. I think that's very similar to what you're going to see rushing-wise. I mean, offensively, scheme-wise. Right. Defensively, look at last year. That's what you're going to get more than likely, unless there's a big turnaround. Right. I hope there is. There should be. A lot more experience. Had a lot of time to look at your mistakes from last year and figure it out. So, that's what you got to look forward to. Yes, sir. Well, guys, as always, you know, we love you. Hit us up on Facebook. Give us a little tweet-tweet. Go vote on our polls. The poll for the ACC teams just about to close. We'll let you guys know on the Twitter or the, the Facebook on who won that poll. And uh, we'll see you again here soon. That's right, y'all. Y'all take care. Have a good evening. Be safe. And once again, thoughts and prayers go out to the Bowden family.